Hey friends, welcome back to the Pulpit to Pew podcast. This year we are mining the scriptures for nuggets of gold, nuggets of wisdom that we can learn from. And I want to share with you a nugget today from Colossians chapter 2. Let's get started. Well, again, hello, friends, and I hope you're having a wonderful year. Last week on the podcast, we began on our Thursday podcast. On Sunday, we were finishing up the book of Exodus, actually the study through the Exodus. We were actually in the book of Numbers. But uh, last week on the Thursday podcast, I went a little deep on Proverbs chapter 2, talking about where that idea, that term nuggetology kind of came from. I think Proverbs 2 is a great passage about seeking out wisdom from the scripture. And today I want to take you to the second passage I think of. When I think about nuggetology, I think about mining the scriptures for these nuggets of wisdom, biblical nuggets of wisdom. I think of Proverbs 2 and I think of Colossians chapter number 2. And so I want to get to that in just a second. But before I do, I want to give you a couple of just quick announcements. The podcast that you're listening to right now is also available now on it automatically uploads to the Pulpit to Pew Facebook page. Many of you are have already liked the Pulpit to Pew Facebook page. If you haven't, head on over there. But it automatically goes to that. So if you don't like the platform you're listening to it right now, you can always go over there. And either way, go over there and hit a like, maybe hit a share, and then I'll get more people over to it. And then it also uploads automatically to YouTube. I don't do much on the YouTube page for Pulpit to Pew right now. I used to do those lunchtime nuggets. But uh, right now, I'm not doing too much there. But every one of these episodes now will be uploaded there. And so if you're on YouTube, shoot over to the Pulpit to Pew podcast there. Make sure you subscribe. And then uh, if you want to listen to it in that way, go ahead. The other announcement I want to make is we're going to begin our Hebrew study here in a couple weeks. I'll be calling those when I label them on the podcast something like the classroom or weekend classroom or something like that. And then I'll have the title of those lessons. So that's going to be coming up. And then last week I sent the first and I'm working on the second right now. Email devotional, a verse, a thought, and a quote. And I hope you got that email. If not, check your spam. But I really encourage you. I'm really praying over these. I'm really thinking through these, thinking through the verse, what verse... I'm asking God every week, what verse should I put? And then I'm studying and mining out for quotes and then and just giving a little thought on there. And my thinking is, um, I want to encourage you in your week. I want you to have a verse to meditate on and think on throughout the week. And what's helping me is I have been meditating and thinking on that verse all the previous week, and that's what made me write about it. And then I'm hoping that it would be one that you would think on. And so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. This week's verse is a great verse. It goes along kind of with our thought today that I'm going to be talking about, but I won't give you the verse, but you can go to pulpit-pew.com and you can put your email in there and you will get that verse on Monday morning. All right, we're in Colossians. I recently taught in uh, two messages from Colossians 1 at our church on Wednesday night. I never did put it on this podcast. I may have to go back and visit those because those verses are some verses that uh, to continue with the theme, and I'm not trying to overuse this, but there were some verses that I was mining that I was kind of digging into, and it shaped how I'm praying this year for my family from Colossians 1. And uh, this tonight is Wednesday when I'm recording it. I am not teaching at our church, but I almost got a hold of my dad and said, you know what, I will go one more week. 
And I almost was going to teach from this passage in Colossians 2. But instead, I'm here talking with you about it. Because I want to I want to look at a few verses. I, I love these verses. Colossians is a wonderful book. You guys, if you're finding a book to dig down a little bit this year, Colossians is one of those books. It was a it was a church that Paul had not visited. He's writing from prison. He not visited this church because he's going to say even in this text, I think, that you've not seen my face. But Paul loved these people. He loved their uh, Epaphras who had come to visit to update him about this this church, and he loved these people. And he'd heard about their faith. He'd heard about their their uh, how they're growing, how they're reaching. They love people. He'd heard some great things about them. And so he's writing to them. And in chapter 2, here's what he says. Starting in verse 1, he says, For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you. So it's interesting that Paul, he's in prison. You would think he'd have conflict for himself. But he's very conflicted for this church. He loves this church. But this church, and I'm trying not to go too much in the weeds, but we are going deeper. We are mining nuggets. This church was struggling because they're doing well with their faith, with with loving others, but they were they were mixed with some air, some Gnosticism. Now, Gnosticism is going really deep, but it, it's a they were being taught that you had to have this special kind of wisdom to know God. And this special outside type of knowledge that's so secret knowledge. And he's going to kind of confront that a little bit today. And this is what I want to get to in a minute. But he's, he's conflicted for them. He says, he says, and for them at Laodicea, for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. He goes, I haven't met you yet. But here's what he writes in verse 2. That their hearts might be comforted. It's an interesting little phrase. Hearts, uh, when we think of the word heart, we think of emotions. And even some of the writers about this text were saying, oh, this time with their emotions. And actually, it's more their will. In the Bible times, when they were wanted to talk about your emotions, they actually would talk about your intestines. They would talk about your, um, oh, I just lost the word. But it was that, that stomach or from the intestines, the bowels. That's the word I was looking for. Bowels of mercy. That was the emotional word. Hearts was more of your will. That's why you think in Proverbs when he says that keep thy heart with all diligence. Why? Guard your heart with all diligence because out of it are the issues of life. You, It's your will. You're going to make decisions. So it is. it doesn't entail emotions because your emotions sometimes fuel your actions or your will. But he said he wants their hearts, their will, their, their heart, mind, and will, their emotions, everything. He wants them to be comforted. He wants them to be encouraged. He wants to help them. He wants them to be, this church, to be knit together in love. That's why one of the reasons why though I'm trying to get to a specific point, but I almost wanted to talk about this to our church today. And if you're a part of your church, your church should be, and it starts with you. It's why I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to your church, your pastor. Uh, I'm, I would, I believe, and I, want, I don't ever want to take the place on this podcast of any church or any pastor, but I, I don't see a pastor disagreeing with this next statement. We want to be knit together as a church or unified in love. Whatever church you attend, there ought to be a unity because of the love. And I'm not talking about love in a self, it shouldn't be a selfish type of love. The true agape love, which is what this word is, is a sacrificial love that gives of myself for the benefit of another. And that's what he's saying. You, you're our hearts. He wants them to be comforted and he wants us unified or knit together in love. Are you doing your part in your church to bring unity because of your love, your sacrificial love? others. 
And he said, unto the riches of full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God. Interesting phrase, mystery of God is used a few times in the New Testament, has three different meanings. But the meaning that we're going to discuss here, the meaning that in this text is that of Jesus Christ. Sometimes the mystery of God is referred to as Christ. He's going to reference that. He says, and of the Father and of Christ. And then he says, in whom? So he's just in context talked about Jesus Christ. And this is the key verse I want to get to. So he says, in whom are in Christ, now watch this, are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now my theme this this year is, yes, a theme of nuggetology, and I've kind of made that a play and kind of kid, joked about that word, although, to be honest, I'm 100% serious about how that word motivates me this year. That word motivates me to study the Bible It motivates me to take what I've learned, distill it down, and write it into a newsletter every week and pray over that newsletter. It may be dumb. You guys, probably most people click on that thing and don't even read it. But to me, this is causing me to just dig down and study. But you know what? The key that we don't want to miss, and we don't want to become like the Gnostics, we're not studying the Bible for an extra sense of wisdom that the world that no one else can know. No, no, no. Really, what the basis of all of this wisdom is, is you're getting to know Jesus Christ. Because he says, in Christ are hid. That means the word hid there or hidden, it's got the idea it's laid up. So in Christ is laid up all the treasures of wisdom. So you know what? The more we get to know Jesus Christ, the more we get to know wisdom. And that's really what the Bible teaches in Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. The more I know Christ, the more I learn and spend time with Christ, the proper fear I have, it leads to wisdom and good decisions. In Jesus are hid all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I was sitting at work today thinking about this. Probably when I was younger, when you think of treasures, you think money, you think gold, you think cars, you think big houses, maybe boats. But as you move along in life, and I'm speaking like I'm 65, 70 years old, but I'm 42, but still, I've learned that treasures are so much more than financial. There's a treasure of peace, isn't there? I mean, I, I, there's there's something about peace when you don't have to last seven years for me in many ways have not been years of peace. And so to have peace right now, whew, that's valuable. That is valuable. You know what else is valuable? Love. Boy, isn't love valuable? When you have someone that loves you, you have someone that that true biblical love, sacrificial giving of themselves from the better. When you have someone who loves you. Isn't that a treasure? You know, joy is a treasure, isn't it? When there's just a joy that, you know, no matter what you're going through in life, there's just a joy, a sense of of, a joy instead of frustration. Isn't that a treasure? Now, some of you may have followed a pattern here. What am I doing? 
I'm, I'm actually just going down through the fruits of the Spirit in my mind, and I'm saying, this is actual treasure. Because you can have a ton of money and be frustrated all the time. And you can have a ton of money and, and not have love and, and be surrounded by selfish people. You can have a ton of money and not have peace. Matter of fact, Ecclesiastes talks a lot about that. When you get the more riches you have, the more you worry over those riches. And so I don't, I, I don't think there's a problem if you have riches or money. But what I'm saying is the, the more you get to know Christ, the more you realize that there are treasures beyond financial value. And Jesus is the one that brings that treasure. Jesus brings peace. Jesus is love. Jesus brings joy. And so the more we get to know Christ, yes, we gain in wisdom. And we find the treasures that are much more valuable than money. And at times, because of the wisdom, God may lead you into some money. But it's in Jesus Christ that that's found. And this is a good segue into, even though this Sunday we don't begin that study in Hebrews, but in a couple of weeks we will. Hebrews, in my early studies of this, and I've never taught word for word through this entire book, but in my early studies of this, it's all about Jesus. Now, the whole book, the whole Bible, we could say is, but Hebrews is about Jesus Christ. The first chapter is going to say, God has spoken to us through his son. He gave us his son. And this year, as we are searching the scriptures, mining the scriptures, excavating the scriptures, I've been looking, I even pulled up a thesaurus and tried to figure out every like synonym or every word that goes along with the idea of digging and mining and all that. But as we are, as we are getting into the scriptures, what we're going to find is the basis of our wisdom is in Jesus Christ. That's where the Gnostics got it so wrong. The Gnostics were saying, you have to have this special type of wisdom in order to know God. And Jesus is saying, no, or God's saying, no, you just need to have my son. You know Jesus, you get to know me. You fear Jesus, you get wisdom. And so Paul's writing this church. There's some early nuggets that I gave you early on about yeah, being comforted and being unified in love in the church. Some great stuff on there. But what I wanted to say today is this. Don't lose in this theme of nuggetology, in this theme of, of studying the scriptures to pull out biblical nuggets of wisdom. Don't lose that wisdom itself is hid or laid up in Jesus Christ. And ultimately, this whole thing is about let's get to know, fall in love, draw close to Jesus Christ, because in him are hid all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Have a great week.